prayer here. Lord God, how wonderful your name is, Lord. And as we come before you, we come to seek you, Lord. God, we come to hear from you, God, knowing that only you can change us, only you can transform us. And God, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your word, Lord. So I pray that you anoint the word of God with the spirit of God and speak to your people of God, Lord. And I pray that you would heal us and touch us by the power, Lord, in your word. So we lift this time up to you and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, on May 26, 1953, Edmund Hillary and his Sherpa guide Tenzing Norgay became the first men to reach the very top of Mount Everest. Mount Everest is 29,035 feet. And they were the ones, the number one, the first guys there in 1953. And then what a momentous uh, uh, moment that was, you know, for them to really reach their first guys. Well, on the way down, Edmund Hillary slipped and started to fall. But Tenzing Norgay immediately dug his ice axe into the ground, grabbed the rope, braced the rope that had linked them together, saving his life. Edmund Hillary would have fallen to his death if it was not for that rope that tied them together. Well, at the bottom, when they finally reached the bottom and when they heard about what was going on, what had happened after making the, the, the first ones to make the uh, summit there, many reporters made a big fuss over Sherp, the Sherpa's heroic action. But Tenzing Norgay was unmoved, real professional, and he simply said this in response. Mountain climbers always help each other. And you know what? I like that because that's how the church should be. That's how we're linked together. If one member slips or falls like mountain climbers, we are to be there for each other because we're linked. We're tied together in the Lord. Well, we come tonight to our final study in the book of Philippians. We're going to finish up this book in these last verses of chapter 4. Now, I just want to tell you, we started way back in January, and we're finally finishing here. Where are we? Uh, June, yeah, almost uh, like six months later. 23 studies, including this one. And now here tonight, the Apostle Paul closes now this whole letter, this epistle, this book, with greetings and a blessing that really shows how we are all linked together. And that's the title of our message tonight, All Linked Together. Again, we're going to be studying Philippians chapter 4 from verse 21 through 23 tonight. Just three verses. And my outline is this, number one, connected in God. Number two, connected in the gospel. And number three, connected in grace. So that's our outline there. I'll give it to you as we go. All linked together, I ta- our title. But let's begin here. Number one in our outline, connected in God. Connected in God. Now, for this section, we're just going to be covering verse 21. So take a look with me there. Verse 21 there in your Bibles. It reads, Great, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. So we'll stop there. We begin with Paul asking those reading this letter, this epistle that we've been studying, that they would greet every saint or really every believer on his behalf. In other words, as he closes up here, he says, hey, you know what, give my love and aloha to all the people in the church over there. And notice Paul says here, every saint. 
He's talking about that no one is to be left out there. Every person there in the Philippian church. And why is that? Well, because believers are linked together in, he says here, Christ Jesus. In other words, as believers, we have a strong bond together in Christ Jesus. Really, Paul talks about in another book, in Ephesians, that we're, we're, or Corinthians, that we're um, bound together, united together in the Holy Spirit, which is through God, the Spirit, God and Christ Jesus. So that is why Paul puts out here, hey, it's important, let's pass on this greeting. Pass on this greeting from, from me to you, because you know what, we're, we're in this together. We're linked together. And then Paul even relays how the brothers over there with him, which is the leaders who are there with him, and where is he? Do you remember? Rome, right? He's in a Roman prison. And so the leaders that are attending to him, helping him, like Timothy, uh, perhaps Epaphroditus we mentioned, maybe some others that are there, they are also sending their greeting to the Philippian church uh, with Paul saying this. So I like this. Even though these guys, Paul and his leaders, are thousands of miles away from the Philippian church, here Paul and the others show their love, show their concern, show their care by passing on this special greeting. For, you know why? These are special people to them because there is a special bond being connected that we are all connected in God. Thus our heading. We're in Christ Jesus. So that's, that's a tie together here. We're connected in God. The Philippians, they are part of God's family. They are the saints, every saint in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't want you to get all, you know, tripped up, up on that word saint. Now, sometimes when we hear that word saint, the first thing, I don't know, in my mind that I think about is those, those statues, you know, or, or, you know, the name of some churches like St. Joseph up here and like that. But, and so we think about a saint, oh, a saint, well, that's my wife. No, not me, no. But, you know, um, we think of saints as these super godly people or those statues or these important people throughout history, important saints. But the word saint in the Bible actually means set apart. It means like a different. Actually, the word holy comes from the original word there, like God is holy, God is separate. And, and that's where that, really word, that word really comes from. But understand, when Paul says saint here, he's not just saying every special person that's super godly and angelic and super, you know, good here. He's not saying that about, he's, he's talking about the whole Philippian church. He's talking about Every Christian. So when you see the word saint in the New Testament, it really talks about every Christian, every believer, because we've been set apart. We've been made holy. We've been sanctified. That's really the idea with this word. And, and so we've been forgiven. We've been made righteous in Jesus. So remember this. Every believer is a saint. So tonight, I want you to go around when you leave and call each other saint. Saint Dean. Saint Kristen. That fits well. Saint, saint Zach. No. <laughs> Just joking. But you understand what I'm saying, right? We are all in this category because we are in Jesus Christ now, what he's done in our life. I know, though, we, we think of saint, we automatically put our mind, you know, in those statues and, and, and you know, from our friends in the Catholic Church, but... I just want to tell you, you, you know how you become a saint there from our friends in the Catholic Church? Well, according to them, there's a four-step 
process in becoming a saint. First of all, step number one, you got to be dead for five years. That's step number one. Step number two, you must be nominated from, by a local bishop and then approved by the Vatican, and then you're given the venerable status. That's step two. And if you get venerable, then you're on your way toward sainthood. Step three, you have to perform a miracle while you're dead, and it must be validated by the Vatican also. And, and if it is validated, if the miracle is done by you, they say, oh, it's done by you, that you who died and you did this miracle. Well, then you reach the status of beautification. Beautification. Step four is this, final step. You have to perform a verified second miracle, again, while you're dead. And so finally, you reach the status, or they call it canonization, and then you become official saint. You reach sainthood. And that's how our Catholic friends say you become a saint. But remember, that, that's not what Paul is talking about here. You know what I think it's interesting in 1977, we all know what? Well, we all know uh, Father Damien, right? Who cared for the lepers in, in uh, Amoloka'i and Kalapaupau, remember? He was declared venerable, right? He, he had passed away long ago. But in 1995, um, a, a, uh, well, let me back up. He was uh, declared venerable uh, in 1977, actually. But then in 1995, uh, uh, some local bishop uh, recommended him, so it became that he took those first two steps. 1995, the third step came when a nun claimed healing of an intestinal illness by Father Daniel, and that was verified, so he was beautified or reached beautification. Then in 1997, a Hawaiian woman prayed at the grave of Father Damien in Molokai, and her cancer went in remission. Then in 2008, now not, not too long ago, right, the Pope canonized them, and he became an official saint. And so that's that process. But though we respect Father Damien, and we respect everything that he did, and we honor him, too, in his sacrifice as a missionary over there. This is not what Paul is saying here. Every believer in Jesus is a saint because Christ has justified us. Christ has sanctified us. All believers are, are saints that are set apart in Christ Jesus because we belong to God's family. So understand that right now. Jane Vernon McGee said, The human family is divided into two groups, the saint and the ain'ts. I like that, yeah? Believers and non-believers. And then he went on to say, Saints are believers in Christ. Now, friend, if you ain't a saint, then you are an ain't. <laughs> so, Paul here, he asked now the Philippians, and this is our point, Pass on a special and loving greeting to all those who belong to the family of God. Pass on a special and loving greeting to all those who belong to the family of God. So as he's wrapping up here, he's saying, oh, give our love and aloha, this greeting and all. Pass it on to all the saints, every believer, everybody in the church there. Don't miss anybody, but every saint there. You know, as I was thinking about this and as, as we were ending this book and we we're looking at this and how Paul's asking to pass on this greeting, we all need to heed Paul's call too. We need to greet each other. Every one of us 
in our church, in our body, every believer is important. Everyone. And we need to greet each other. We cannot just greet those who you think are saints, right? Or we cannot put one person higher on a higher level or more priority than anyone else. Or you can't think of yourself as some saint status. But no, we are to treat each other as people who belong to the family of God. We're all in, in, in this family. We're children of the Lord. And we all be, as we belong to the same family, we're all linked together because of our connection in God. And that's why we should greet and treat each other like we're family. That's what we need to do. And, and I'm encouraging you guys here tonight. Now, now, I'm not saying there's problems in that way, but we need to rethink a little bit on how we come to church or when we walk in or when we see each other. Uh, Herman Edwards, who, who in his career has coached like the New York Jets and Kansas City Chiefs, you know what he once said? The players that play on this football team will play for the name on the side of the helmet and not the name on the back of the jersey. I like that. Yeah. I like that. We're, we're together in this under God. It's about being children of God, about belonging to the family of God. So we don't want to make it about ourselves or someone else, but we need to remember to greet everyone the same and not just our preferences, yeah? Not just, you know, oh, who we're comfortable with. But everyone is included and we show that love of God and the love that's in God's family in that way. For we are all linked together. All right, let's go on to number two, connected in the gospel. Connected in the gospel. As we're all linked together, we're connected in God and we're also connected in the gospel. And this is what we see next. Look at verse 22 now. Verse 22, Philippians chapter 4. It says, All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. We'll stop there. Now, Paul says that not only himself, he gives greetings to everyone at the Philippian church, not only is he closing this out and giving greetings from his leaders there in Rome, but also he says all the saints, that's all the Christians there in Rome, Um, They're they're also giving their love and aloha to everyone there in the Philippian church and giving their greeting there and passing that on too. Then Paul adds this very interesting thing. He says, he he talks about another group of believers, but really especially brings them out by saying, especially those of Caesar's household. Isn't that interesting? Remember, Paul is in Rome. Paul is awaiting, right, a hearing with Caesar Nero. He, he, he's, he's like going to Supreme Court but with, to see Caesar himself. And I believe, I believe he actually had a chance to, to, to uh, give his you know, defense because he's in there because of his faith in prison and uh, appealed all the way to Caesar there. I believe he had got a chance to witness to Caesar Nero. But while he was there, he, something happened because now Paul is relaying this greeting from especially those of Caesar's household. The word household actually means here estate in the original Greek. Now, it probably is not just Caesar's, Caesar Nero's family, but it probably includes like the servants, you know, that were around there. Probably it includes the cooks and the 
food tasters, maybe the musicians he had, you know, playing the custodians, you know, on the grounds and in the housekeeping and all. And most likely it even included the royal guard there. Uh, probably included there was the guards and soldiers that were guarding Paul. And some say it even includes like council members or judges and statesmen, things like that. So it, it, it's a broad term enough to, to say a lot, the people who surrounded Caesar Nero. So isn't that interesting? We can see, even though Paul was in prison, he made a difference there in Rome with the gospel. Right? Guys are getting saved. And we learned that, didn't, didn't we? Turn over like to the left, a couple pages to Philippians chapter 1. And look at verse 12 and 13. Turn over to the left to Philippians chapter 1, the first chapter. And if you remember, we covered this, verse 12 and 13. Philippians 1, verse 12, it says, I want you to know, Paul's writing, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance what? The gospel. And then verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard, all the royal soldiers there, to all the rest, and to all the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. So they could see that Paul was innocent. They could see he was there because of his faith in Jesus. And it really served, verse 12, to advance the gospel. So Paul was able to witness Jesus Christ. And we learned that back when we studied that in, in chapter 1. I think about how, how, how Paul's influence of spreading the gospel went to more people than it could have if he were not in prison for his faith there. Yeah? So this special greeting now we see comes from those who were affected by this messenger of God, which is actually just like how the Philippians were changed. Right? When Paul came to that city and shared Jesus Christ, so think about this. So when Paul says, hey, greetings to you guys from us in Rome, everyone, all the Christians to you, Philippians too, and especially, you know what, these guys in Caesar's household that surround Caesar, they're coming to the Lord. And they, they say, they give their love and aloha as Christians. And there is a special link, I believe, here with the Roman Christians and the Philippian Christians because of Paul. And so they were connected in the gospel, thus our heading. You know what I think about Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4.15. He wrote, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. He says, For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. What he's saying to the Corinthians is, I was one who brought the gospel to you. I'm your spiritual father. So just like with the Corinthians, Paul's like the spiritual father to these Roman Christians surrounding Nero. And Paul's like the spiritual father to the Philippians, and that's their common bond. Paul is their spiritual father, and that common bond is how that got, the gospel got to them and how the, it has changed them all. So it's that gospel here and their connection in the gospel. You know, if I was thinking about it this way too. We as believers, right, together right first of all we've been crucified together right we've been crucified together galatians 2 20 says i've been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me right we've died with christ that's the idea and now jesus lives in us and and that's what's common with us that's what the gospel brings and number two we're alive together 
And I like what Ephesians 2, 5 says. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Yeah? So we're alive together in Christ because of the gospel and what Jesus has done, the message of the gospel, what Jesus has done in our life. So we're crucified together, alive together. And thirdly, now we seek God together. Colossians 3.1 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So that's what we're here tonight, right? We're here tonight to seek Christ together. We're here to be with Jesus and to, to learn His Word and study it and seek Jesus in His Word together. And that's a result of the gospel in our lives. And the fourth thing is this. We suffer and we will be glorified together. Romans 8.17 says, And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. And so we have this connection because of the gospel, because we've been crucified with Christ, we're made alive in Christ now, we seek Him together, and you know, one day we're going to die, and we're going to be together in heaven with Jesus, all together, because of this gospel that has been given to us. So here's what we see now. In this common bond, in this connection with the gospel, the special greeting comes from those who have received the gospel from Paul. The special greeting comes from those who have received the gospel from Paul. And there's that connection with Paul, with both of them. So it's like like this commonness, right? Oh, yeah, Paul brought you the gospel. Yeah, Paul brought me the gospel too. You know, earlier this year, I met the pastor to uh, Lahaina Baptist. And, and uh, when I met him, we, we were talking story. And it, come to find out that he was attending the same church I was on staff at in California. It was wild. I didn't, I didn't even know. Now, you have to understand this church I was on staff, there's probably about 2,000, 2,500 people there. And I didn't know everyone but I, I couldn't believe it. And he, had, he was actually helping out a little bit here and there. He was under another pastor. There was like four or five pastors on staff. But it was just crazy. I go, what? what? No way. And we just started talking, you know. And it was like, talk about a small world. Even his wife attended the church with his family. And she served in children's church. And I was trying to remember her because I was overseeing Kiki Church at that time too. You know, and it was, it was like, whoa, no way, you know, kind of thing. And it was like, whoa. And, and, and it, it was so great because, you know, we knew the same people. Uh, we went through some similar things. You know, we saw the same things. And it was like this common bond we had. And it was exciting. You know, it was like, oh, oh, cool. And we already had this connection in that way. Well, that's like what Paul is saying with the Roman Christians and the Philippian Christians. There's a special Bond. There's a special link. There's a special tie that through Paul they both received the gospel and were saved and changed. And, and so that's why you could, you could feel this loving greeting like Paul says, especially these guys yeah, from Caesar's household. They're saying hi to you. So I was thinking about us here. We all share the same experience of what the gospel has done in our lives. Yeah? Jesus has come. Through this gospel. No matter how you heard it. No matter how, how it came to you. No matter. You know, the gospel you know, ties us together. In other words. You know, we, what has the gospel done in all of our, our lives? We've all experienced forgiveness. Jesus has forgiven us. right? Jesus has freed us 
from the bondage of our sin. Jesus has made us new creation. Jesus is living in us now. The Holy Spirit is working through us. And we can all have a common bond and say, Oh, yeah, what's God doing in you? Oh, Jesus did that. Oh, wow, how Jesus? Oh, Jesus freed me too like this, right? And to me, that's exciting when you have a common bond in what the gospel has done. And we all have this relationship with the living God. And that should excite us to be together and to like greet each other, right? Jesus, what he's done through the gospel and how, how God has changed us. When we come into church, it, it should be like we're meeting like with, with friends. And maybe we don't know him as well as other people. It's like, oh, but wait. What's Jesus done for you? Oh, how did Jesus free you, right? Oh, Jesus forgave me. Oh, you too. Wow, Jesus forgave me and like this and all the guilt went away and like that. I mean, it should be a happy, exciting time as we meet together and greet one another. So no matter where you come from, if you live in Philippi or you live in Rome, yeah, no matter what your background was before, if you're a Gentile or Jew or whatever it was, Paul's saying, hey, we, we greet you guys with love and care because the gospel has brought us to Jesus and we're all connected in that way. You know, it was 1941. Russian troops had invaded Moldavia. It's a region of Mo- Romania in Europe there. And a Christian man named Anna was separated from his group during gunfire and sought shelter in the forest. But suddenly, 20 yards away, a Russian soldier appeared and Anna knew you know what, that's it. He dropped to his knees and just began to pray while waiting for uh, what he wrote, the cold touch of the Russian rifle barrel on his head. He felt a slight pressure on his shoulder and opening eyes, there was the Russian soldier. Now this man on writes, I opened my eyes slowly. There was my enemy kneeling in front of me, his gun laying next to mine among the wildflowers. His eyes were closed in prayer. We did not understand a single word of the other's language, but we could pray. We ended prayer with two words that needed no translation. Hallelujah. Amen. Then, after a tearful embrace on the ranks, we walked quickly to opposite sides of the clearing and disappeared beneath the trees. Isn't that great? The common bond. The way they could come together is because of what the gospel of Jesus has done in their lives. And you and I, we're, we're, we're here because of that. It's the same stuff. We've been rescued by the same God. And even though maybe we go through struggles, we all struggle through similar things as we grow. So, why are we so shy to really mean, I mean, really greet each other? I mean, really greet each other. And I'll tell you, when we greet each other, Let's be happy about it. Let's smile. Yeah? Let's, let, I mean, so I know sometimes we can be shy about it, but you know what? Let's be excited that the gospel has changed both our lives. And we should be excited to love it on each other and greet each other, for we are linked together. All right, let's go to number three now, connected in grace, connected in grace. Seeing connected in God, connected in the gospel, and now connected in grace as we're all linked together. Our very last verse here, the last verse in, in the whole book, Philippians 4, verse 23. Paul ends, closes this book out in this verse by saying, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. 
Okay, Paul closes things out with a blessing, and he, and he writes, the grace of the Lord, right? Be, be with you guys. Grace, what is that? You remember? Undeserved favor, right? It, it, it's favor given to those who do not deserve God's blessing, basically. Remember the difference between mercy and grace? You remember that? Mercy is not getting what you deserve, like judgment is held back, right? But grace is getting what you don't deserve, like blessing and help and strain are not held back. They're given to you. So Paul's wishes is what Paul gives to all the believers here now. He, get, he wishes grace to be with your spirit or your soul. In other words, may the grace of Jesus be poured out upon your life with God, upon your soul, upon your whole being. That, that's what I picture, like a, like a big bucket of grace going poured on top of your head and you're just soaked from head to toe there. So this epistle, this letter closes really as it, as it opened with a blessing of grace. Like turn, turn back to Philippians chapter 1 in verse 2. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. It opens with grace, this letter. Now it ends with grace. And that's what's important here. Grace saves us, right? Grace sustains us. Grace keeps us. Grace strengthens us. The Bible tells us all these things. Grace helps us enables us. Grace is an, a very important part of our walk with the Lord. So grace is really one of those main things that links us together. And thus our heading, we are connected in grace. And we need that grace, don't we? G. Campbell Morgan said, grace is love in action. And I like that. I love that. Grace God's love is seen in His grace in our lives, and so all believers are blessed with that grace. So our very last point is this. The final greeting is combined with the blessing for an outpouring of God's grace. So do you see that here as we wrap it up? There's the greeting and there's the blessing. So this final greeting that we've seen in these three verses is combined with the blessing for an outpouring of God's grace. So as he greets everyone, as he encourages the Philippians, hey, give our greetings to everyone, right? He wants it combined with grace. Now, I've never been to any of my high school reunions. I don't know what that would be like, but I can imagine maybe what it would be like uh, because of Facebook. Recently, I kind of revived my Facebook account, and I was confirming friends and and there's, there's some people that I'm starting to connect with that I haven't seen since high school. And, you know, when, when I said, who's that? Whoa, who's that? And, and you look at their picture, I, I go, whoa. <laughs> but I'm sure that's what they say when they see my picture, too, you know. <laughs> they say the same thing. And because, you know, when I look in the mirror nowadays, I go, whoa, look at that guy there, right? <laughs> but... Then I repent when I see their picture and say, well, and I apologize to God. But, you know, at the same time, I tell myself, Rick, you got to give grace back. <laughs> you got to give grace, you know. You know, I say, yes, yes, okay, okay. Right, because we're all getting old, right? <laughs> we change and everything. Listen, that's what we got to do. When we greet one another, we need to combine our greeting with grace. 
I'll tell you, sometimes we can be so judgmental sometimes, sizing each other up while we're walking into church. Maybe not liking how someone looks or what they're wearing. Or, 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 or maybe in your, in your mind there's that voice saying, Oh, it's you, huh? Oh, you showed up. Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, I heard about you, right? You know what's funny? Sometimes we can be such a stickler about maybe how, how a person is not following God like we think they should be or not doing something we think they should. And we're such a stickler. Like, oh, what a, what a sinner, you know, or what a person they should, you know. But you know what's funny is we're not a stickler about giving grace. How come? How about loving one another, right? With agape love, unconditional love. You know what? You and I were just as bad as as maybe a person we're sitting there, you know, going, oh, look at that. You know, we're just as bad when we don't love like God wants us to love or forgive like God wants us to forgive or give grace like God wants us to give grace. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's what God is calling us to do. You know, one survey, 90% of people said that friendliness was a major factor when deciding where to attend church. That's what they said. Out of 353 people interviewed about the first time they went to a new church, 311 mentioned the friendliness of the church. And out of the 353, 117 people specifically mentioned the greeter. So it's important. How you greet one another. And so uh, you see how it's important to greet with grace. Let me add this. You know, through the time, you know, we've had our church, occasionally some people come and complain to me and say, this church is not friendly. They're not loving. And I'm thinking, really? I see something different. But... I've noticed that a lot of these people themselves are not friendly, right? Themselves. To make friends, you've got to be one, right? Proverbs 16.24. And, and maybe you're here and you don't mean, you know, to, to not be friendly. Maybe it's just you're going through something. Or maybe there's, there, you know, and you're just so focused on that. Or maybe it's your shyness. But understand that shyness can be misread with standoffness. But the important thing is that we make the effort to greet one another and greet each other in grace. A British publication once put out a contest for the best definition of a friend. And this is few of the thousands of entries, these answers they receive. Uh, one, one of them was, one who multiplies joys, divides grief, whose honesty is unavoidable. Inav- Another one said, one who understands our silence, like, you know, what's a friend? Another one, a volume of sympathy bound in cloth. Another one said, a watch that beats true for all time and never runs down. But the winning definition, the winning entry was this. A friend is the one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. You know what? I love that. Because I'll tell you, I have found my true friends are still around even when everyone else has abandoned me. I have found that even when I've done wrong to them, they are still there like nothing happened. Because they're giving me grace. You guys, that, 
That's what we got to be too. Well, as believers in Jesus, we have great reason to give grace because God has given us the same. So can you see now how we're connected in God, connected in the gospel, connected in grace? We're all connected, you guys. We're all tied together. And I'll close with this story. John Fawcett came to Jesus as a teenager listening to the evangelist George Whitfield, actually, old evangelist. On July 31st, 1765, he was uh, was, um, uh, ordained and began pastoring a poor church in West Yorkshire, England, just a small little church. His writings, he began to write, became well-known. Then he was offered the head pastor position at Carter's Lane Church in London, a very large and, and, and uh, you know, a, a church in, in the city there. Think of it, Fawcett told his wife. They want us in London to take the place of the late Dr. Gill, another famous pastor at that great church. It's almost unbelievable. The following Sunday, he broke the news to his church and began packing. When the day of departure came, the church members came, assembled, and bravely tried to hold back their tears. And they were helping them load up to go, load up the wagon to go. And when they were moving the last box, Fawcett found his wife in the back room in deep thought. John, she told him, with the voice breaking, Do you think we're doing the right thing? Will we ever find a congregation to love us and help us with the Lord's work like this group here? Do you think we've been too hasty in this? John replied. Yes, I think we should stay right here and serve these people. John was silent for a moment, for his heart too had been breaking, and they walked onto the porch, called the people together, and revealed their change of heart that they were going to stay amid the joyous tears that and they unloaded the wagon. Fawcett stayed at Waynesgate the rest of his life, but not in obscurity. Out of this experience, he wrote a world-famous hymn. And the stanza goes like this. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Blessed be, you guys, the tie that binds. Listen, so when we greet each other with love and care, when we treat each other as family, when we give grace, I'll tell you, there's, no, there's joy like no other, you guys. Remember, what's our theme as we close up here? What's our theme for the book of Philippians? Joy in Jesus, right? So when we're like this even, when we greet like this with grace, when we know our connections and with one another and the family and grace and the gospel and all, then you know what? We are filled with joy too. And so we end here with this joy. That no matter what, we must stay united in Jesus. Which brings great joy. In that, we are all linked together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for the grace you've given us in our lives. Thank you for the love that you pour out on us every day. The forgiveness, Lord. The, the new beginnings and the second chances, Lord. Thank you that you love us, love on us so much. And you know, every time we go and, and, and do our devotions, you welcome us, Lord, and you greet us with your Holy Spirit. Well, Lord, help us to do the same with one another. And as we close up Philippians, it's just been an amazing book here. 
And as we end here, we end with joy, knowing that we are linked together. We are family. We, we, we've experienced similar things in your forgiveness and being freed from the bondage of sin and being new creations and growing in you, God, in the work of the Spirit in us. And so, God, may we treat each other with love and grace and acceptance and welcome each other, Lord, because we really are linked together in you. So, God, forgive us for when we don't do that. But may we from now on make the effort and live the life and love and greet each other and truly show that aloha, God, that you want us to do because of who we are now in you, Jesus. So thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen.